And welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes. It is me, Coach Drew, with no nickname today because I couldn't think of one. Uh, we are joined today by Emily and Adam from the Survivor Buffs. And today we're doing a retrospective, uh, a recap of, of Survivor Season 8, Survivor All-Stars, who Emily and Adam are both moderate to big fans of. Adam, I'm pretty sure had it in, in B tier for when when the buffs did their tier lists. Uh, Emily yeah, speaks very... Yeah, A. Okay, even worse. Uh, Emily had it uh, <laughs> has it pretty high on her. Number one, that's it. So, one. before we get started, we'll start with Emily first. Biggest hot take from Survivor All-Stars. I have so many. Okay, well, I have one, hot, one personal hot take before we get started. Dry January sucks. And so I'm getting chocolate wasted tonight. I'm drinking hot chocolate as <laughs> well. That's my okay. personal hot take. But my for real hot take is that I really think that the, that the final jury was the most lit that it's ever been and ever will be. I really enjoyed the passion, the personal connection. The people were literally roasting each other and really meant it, except for Kathy. But that that's for another yeah. time. But anyway, that's my hot take. <laughs> All right, Adam. Yeah, I also have a good bit. Uh, the jury one was definitely one I was considering. Um, I mean, first of all, Drew, I don't know how you don't like the season, man. A, a tier uh, at, at the very least. Um, wouldn't say it's my favorite season of all time, but it's definitely, definitely up there. He's on your side. Just let him have that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, I was worried I was be outnumbered here. Um, not that I can't handle it. I have a lot of. Um, a lot of points, I think, to back up why I think this is a great season, but we'll get to those. Um, I mean, Mogo, Mogo, come on. Come on, Drew, come on. Okay, If I had to pick one hot take, I'll say, and maybe most people agree with this, so it's not a hot take, but we'll see. Um, I'll say Rob played the best second place game in the show's history. I put Dom up there, but yes. I, I, I put I Dom up there, but I would say Mariano one or two. Would yeah. you guys like hate me forever if I thought that Russell Hans also played a really good number two? Like I, I think that he was a good. He I mean, I would, but Adam might Emphasis not. Emphasis on seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hate you, <laughs> but you know. Okay, so I, I would say that my hot take for the season is that they got the cast right. I don't think that. So I do think they, they left out certain people that could have been on the cast, but I think that the people that they did cast filled their roles from beginning to end. Um, and that's I guess we'll kind of get started with that. Rewatching the season, Adam, I know that it's been a little bit since you rewatched it. Um, what did you think of the initial cast when you first watched the season and every other watch since then? Do you think that they got the cast right? Who would you have liked to have seen on the cast? And who would you have not yeah. liked to see on the cast, uh, et cetera? It's funny. It's when funny. I f first, first watched the season, um, I would have been super, super young. It was like the first season that I really remember. Um, I always say Guatemala is the season I started with because it's the first season I like clearly remember from start to finish watching it on my own. Um, whereas All-Stars was like the first season where I would like – it was past my bedtime because my bedtime was eight. But um, sometimes during Survivor days, I would like sit on the in Steeler games. I would uh, sit on the sofa at night um, and doze off as my parents were watching. So I remember little pieces here and there. Um, so I don't 
Probably don't remember my first reaction, but probably seen the season three times since then, if I had to guess. Um, I remember liking the cast. Like you said, I think there's definitely some people um, that they left off, but I also know that like Sandra was invited, but then she got like really sick so that she couldn't come because she got what? sick. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, Sandra got really sick. Um, there was a couple, I think Fair Play, same thing. He also was uh, got so sick, like uh, not malaria. He had some something... Uh, I can't remember what it, he had something uh, there. He was like, couldn't even walk. Uh, he was so sick from Pearl Islands. Pretty much everyone from Pearl Islands, like they almost didn't consider asking. For some reason, Rupert like said he felt more healthy at the end of Pearl Islands than he did at the beginning. So like he was the one they were able to keep. But I know they wanted Fair Play. I know they wanted Sandra. I know they wanted um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sean Rector, Clay Jordan. Clay Ryan. Oh, yeah. I know they wanted Clay Jordan. He told me he told me it was between him and Rudy because they wanted, but but they could only have one like old guy. So they ended up going with Rudy just because he had a bigger fan base and more people watched um, Borneo than did Thailand. Uh, so like that makes sense. Um, yeah. No. Overall, I, I think that like you said, I think they they filled the roles out well with the cast. Like you know, they had the young guys like the. They had like the young pretty people and then like young people who aren't as pretty, but maybe um, are like a bit more strategic and play the game a bit more aggressively. They had like the mom, they had like the dad, they had the, the young athletic person, the older athletic person. They had like a good balance. Honestly, the best like balance of stereotypes, like survivor stereotypes, um, in, in my opinion, in any like all returnee season, because in the in future returnee seasons are, you know, it's like heroes and villains, or it's like people deserve a second chance. Whereas this was just all stars. You know, there really yeah. wasn't like a theme to the season besides the best of the best up until that one. So I think that's one thing of many that they did right this season. Yeah, and the way that like the theatrics in it, like that was my jam. Like the chopper, Jeff Probst, like doing all these crazy stunts on the um, on the jet ski too. Um, I don't know. I, I was really into it. I think they really, really found a way to really play up on the theatrics to really um, push up all the hype. You know, so they they just alone in cinematics, it was like prime. You know, because this this was supposed to be the last season, right? Like initially, they were like, okay, this is. I think yeah, I think they were like all stars is our last. Let's go out with a bang. Um, and similar to Heroes and Villains, it was like supposed to be what they thought was going to be the last season. Let's go out with the bang because I know it debuted after um, the Super Bowl, so they really wanted to go all out and um, really, really make it pop. And of course, it did great in the ratings, uh, largely part due to Rob and Amber, which I'm sure we're probably going to get to at some point. Um, so yeah, they, they it seemed like with all aspects of this season, they really wanted to make it pop. Absolutely. Yeah, and so. As we, as we are introduced to the cast, one thing that's so funny about this season as compared to most other All-Star seasons is the fact that the players try to play it off like they don't know who else is there, which mm. is so funny because, of course, they know who else is there. Because at one yeah. point, and I don't know if they forgot to cut this from the edit or, or whatever it is, when they get back to camp after they vote out Lex... Rob gives a confessional where he's like, oh, yeah, um, Lex let something loose that him and Big Tom 
had this plan from the beginning to to do this, and it's like, well, Lex and McTom never crossed paths yeah, tribe-wise yeah. during right. the game, which means and, that there was clearly some right. type of pregame going into this. And Rob called him out on that too, even like in like the final, like whenever they um, did, I think it was like the final, final tribal, you know, like after, not like yeah. the first reunion, but like the second reunion, he was like, he called him out. He's like, didn't you know, like, I already knew that you and Lex already had a plan going into this. You were going to vote me out. And he like, didn't know how to respond. He's like a deer in headlights, which is typically big Tom, but like, it was like extra big Tom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I like, because it's, it's very much old school. So I am, I enjoyed sitting there pretending to be ignorant, like, oh, wow, that's crazy. When they first see the cast, it's like, oh, my goodness, I played with this person. Now, like, you know, with years on me, it's, you know, obviously, it, it, we, I mean, we get in Winners at War, period. They're like, oh, yeah, we knew who was coming out, blah, 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 except for maybe Rob and Sandra. And even then, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, so we, we arrive on the beaches. And from where I'm sitting, the Shapiro tribe is the one that is most appealing to me as a child as a i don't know i think it was my 13 when the season came out um because alicia was one of my favorite people from australian outback cesarino period was my favorite person from amazon i liked mariano for the most part from uh from marquesas uh sue was just an american villain by this point um uh, amber we all know why amber was actually on the season but whatever and then uh it was oh big tom Big Tom was like my third favorite person in Africa. So I, I very I very much related to that. And going back and watching it now and watching it then, it's like, yeah, this tribe was where the, this is the fun tribe. I won't say it's the Kumbaya tribe, obviously, but it's definitely the fun tribe of the season, why it's, which is why it's so great that they never have to vote anyone out until, well, they vote out Sesternino and then they don't have to vote anyone out again until they swap and Mogo Mogo switches over and becomes Shapiro. Um, so what did you think of the tribe dynamics when the game first started? Uh, what did you think of the boot order for the first couple of episodes? And would you do you think it was the right choice for most people involved? I actually, I really liked all three tribes. That they were very, very well balanced um, for the most part. I think they did a really, really good job at balancing like different strengths and weaknesses and different strategy very evenly through all of them um what who i was the most impressed with honestly was in saboga was was jenna who like i really didn't think to well uh jenna l uh the uh, not not jenna marasco r.i.p but like um jen like i didn't realize what a strategist she was you know what i mean and like she was really going cutthroat from the start which is the whole reason why tina was like nixed and why ethan's back was against the wall which she's dead to me for because ethan deserves a million things um and but voting out is not one of them you know Adam? Yeah, I, I definitely think that one, like one of the negative points for me for this season was the fact that early on it was, oh, let's get out the winners. Like, I totally understand it and get it. And I feel like if I was on there, I would probably do the same thing. Like, it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, we're here to see, like, gameplay. It almost feels like maybe the first um, you know, with, with the voting out Tina and then obviously Jenna didn't get voted out, but I feel like she probably wouldn't have, have made it, uh, uh Maraska, wouldn't have made it super far. Um, and then Hatch followed shortly after. Um, so props to what Ethan, I think was the winner that made it 
the furthest. Farthest, um, yes. Yeah, so props to him. So that was definitely like a negative point in the early episodes for me. Uh, um, if I did have one for the season, it would be going after the winners. Um, I think it but, is so that that was – oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Keep talking. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, but I do think that a lot of like the storylines that made the season so great later on maybe started with the alliances of voting out the, the winners. So I guess yeah. in the long term, it, it did end up panning out for me. But what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think that it was strategic in itself to vote out all the winners because that in itself is a huge cluster that could have been an alliance whenever they got to a point where they could merge or whenever mm. they started blending together, you know? So I think they were trying to be a little bit more, uh, like, spearheaded a little bit earlier on before it became a bigger problem. That's what I think. But I don't know. So my whole thing with Jenna Lewis this season, so I, I, I'm torn on her, especially after just, after just finishing watching the season for, like, a thousand times. I understood her rationale for wanting to get rid of win winners. I, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. I actually did not mind her pre-merge with her whole plan of doing this. I didn't like Jenna merge on because she kind of sat on this high horse, especially when it came to Sheehan. Like, I feel like Jenna and Alicia were like, the primary people like antagonizing Sheehan. It wasn't Bosch and Rob or Amber who were like controlling everything. It were, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it was their, their lackeys that were sitting here basically bullying uh, Sheehan at this point. And so I, I understand voting out the winners. I do. But even when Probst asked, you know, if you're sitting, if, if someone is sitting at the end and they're a winner and it's next to someone else, and Genesis Cloud says, I will never vote for a winner, period. Like, just based off of her moral compass, I guess. Right. I, it's like, you know what? She is playing cutthroat. She is playing, I don't want to play like I did in the first season. And, like, anyone that came and played this season, that played in the first season with the exception of Richard Hatch, that didn't try to change up their game plan, that's on them. Because Richard was the only one in season one, besides maybe Greg, that was playing the game as a game. And so Jen, it was great to see Jenna come back out this time and play the game like a game and not like, a, oh, no alliances, none of this, none of that. She actually played it to win, and you, you see it paid dividends in the end. She finished final three. I actually think it was a, the, her best chance was not going to Rocks uh, at final four. Uh, but we'll get um, so as the season progresses, for me, as I start watching it, it's like, okay, they're getting rid of all the winners and all the popular people at the time of the season airing. So if people remember, at the time of the season airing, Boston Rob was not Boston Rob. He was just Rob Mariano from Marquesas who finished 10th place. The more famous Rob was Rob Sesternino. And so you get rid of the winners. You get rid of Colby and Jerry, who... Their, their whole thing from Australia was big news when the season came out. They get rid of Rob Sesternino because he's, at that time, the best player to ever win. Uh, you get rid of, um, who else am I missing? Who, oh, Rudy, who was America's sweetheart at that point. You get rid of all these people, and I feel like it does set up for an amazing merge that just doesn't pay off. Um, so what were, what were you guys' thoughts as far as who went? Do you think that there was any chance that anybody going pre-merge could have gained footing at the merge? 
let's say none of the winners, let's say none of the winners make it because it seems oh, pretty apparent that they were never going to make it. Um, and who do you think could have done well if they had hit merge? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's kind of the same reason that um, Heroes and Villains was so great. It's like coming into the season, all the favorites to win ended up going home pre-merge. Like I remember when Heroes and Villains... Uh, when they released the cast, everyone thought, oh, like the potential winners, okay, Rob, Tom Westman, Sari, uh, like they all kind of went uh, seemingly back to back to back uh, pre-merge. So I, I think that's one reason that set up um, the, the, the post-merge of All-Stars to be so great is that all the favorites kind of left early because it allowed for people who didn't really have uh, time for their characters to be and kind of a similar thing with Cambodia too. I don't think a lot of people thought Jeremy would get as far. I don't think a lot of people thought uh, Wentworth would get as far as she did. So it allowed for people that had a lot of potential, but who in their previous seasons just, you know, for various reasons, didn't have the opportunity to like to shine. Um, so it gave, a, it gave a lot of like, new stories to be created and i feel like if that hadn't happened in all stars where all the favorites to win um didn't get voted off uh, or in jenna's case or even in sue's case um left so mm -hmm. early um we wouldn't have got all those great storylines it would have just kind of been a recycling of you know past um victories to the end or, or journeys to the end yeah, and I, I did really like the fact that they brought on a lot of the winners because it really helped to create like a very diverse cast with a lot of different variations of how it would play out, you know? So I think it was really good. They had a lot of underdogs because everyone loves a good underdog story. And I think that's why people loved Shapira so much. You know what I mean? Like that entire tribe, like Rob even said at the start, it was like, we're just a band of misfits, you know, just like trying to make it together to the next round. Like it was like the most heartwarming thing. And I was like, heck yeah. Like I want every single one of them to be able to make it to the end. And it really helped yeah. to create like individual stories, but also like a, like a really good underdog story, you know? Right. For sure. My lust true for a second, but um, yeah, I think it was a, uh, an excellent um, pre-merch. Yeah, sure. um, it did have like some, you know, with Jenna leaving and Sue leaving, did have like some interesting but also like awkward moments. But, um, like I said, I think a lot of the foundations for um, some of the post merge storylines, and obviously, um, post merge really thing. I don't, I don't know how fast you want to jump to post merge through, but things really kick well, off pretty quick. No, okay, so the, the there, there, are, there are a few things that I want to touch on for pre merge that. I feel like mm. left All Stars. So All Stars is in my top twenty-five, but I think it might be exactly twenty-five, mm -hmm. and I think it's because of certain things Dead that happen in the pre-merge. Now, like whether what? go ahead, lay it on us. We aren't scared. <laughs> okay, so first of all, Jenna's mother. The way that that that's leading up to Jenna leaving. That, that entire episode where, like, Kathy is... The, I think the part that, like, always sticks out to me is when Kathy says, you're being a bit of a cancer to our tribe right oh now. To a woman whose oh. mother is dying of cancer back home who is so depressed that she's thinking about quitting the game. And that's the word that you use. And then when she says, hey, I'm quitting, and probes this, oh, yeah, how do you feel about Jenna quitting? It's like, oh, I would have never done that. Big Tom's like, oh, my family could die in a car crash, and I would never quit. And blah, blah, blah. And Jenna's just sitting there like, well, 
I guess I'll just, you know, jump off a cliff, basically. She was uh, like so in pieces. I have a question about that, actually. Do we have any tea as to why she came in the first place? Like, did she, did she, like, was she contractually obligated to go? Because I feel oh, like. Oh, no, no, I don't think she was contractually I think she just, obvious, no. I think she honestly just wanted to come play. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. And she got there and realized, and she had, you know, daughter's intuition or whatever it is, mom's going to die soon. And we see what, nine days later she did. Yeah. So, like, when Probe's like, oh, it seems like you've been talking to her. Like, what's going on? She's like, no, I just feel like my mom's going to die. Um, so the way that whole thing was, uh, was uh, solved, dealt with. Um, the other thing, obviously, is the Sue Rich thing. And when I was younger, I watched it. It never, it has never clicked in my head because I was like 13 years old. It just, I just played it off as like, this happened, moving on. Every time I've watched the season since then, I've tried to analyze it. I've tried to do this, that, and the other. Um, and watching it this time, I, you know, I, I turned my phone off because I was, I'm like, I'm gonna pay attention to. Everything that we're shown in this challenge period, just to see what happened. And whether, and we're not going to go into details about what may or may not have happened because, you know, it would turn into a whole another episode. But I think that the way that the Shapira tribe reacted after she quit, along with Kathy's confessional about how she, uh, she didn't respect the way that Sue handled herself in that situation. Whether Sue was telling the truth or not, the fact that the Shapiro tribe were cheering about her, this this happening, and, and Kathy saying this, it's like, this is uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Kathy has, like, very um, outspoken traditional values um, that, like, I feel like, like, everything she says is just, like, you just... Like, it's just, like, the craziest stuff, you know? Very, like, matter-of-fact, completely insensitive or, or unapathetic, you know? Um, so that, to me, like, always, like, really hits hard. Um, and you know who, like, also really angered me with his comments on, like, this whole Sue situation is Rupert, which, like, surprises me so much because Rupert is, like, America's sweetheart. Like, they painted him off to be this big martyr, you know, every time someone says, my favorite's the dude in the tie-dye. Everyone knows it's Rupert, and he's one of the first ones that people really remember whenever you bring up Survivor, you know? But multiple times and multiple occasions, he was, like, totally being, like, a chauvinist child, you know what I mean? Like, he was, like... He was like, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, was that was that inappropriate? No, you can say chode. It's fine. Well, he was totally a chauvinist chode. I have a lot of feelings about him, but like, he said something along the lines of like, she totally was just in it for the money, you know. Like, and I mean, the only person who really had her back, which also really surprised me, was Boston Rob. You know, like he's he's like, well, we don't know what happened, you know. And I think that that in itself is exactly the way that you should be going about that. It's not your story to tell, and it's not your story to weigh in on. You know what I mean? Adam, yeah. thoughts? Yeah, on either way. I guess on either the Jenna or the Sue thing. Or Rupert being yeah. chauvinist showed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Jenna thing. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to say anything bad about Jenna because she's a fellow Pittsburgh native. Um, she. Um, it's kind of a weird situation because, like, it kind of a similar thing with Sue. Like, we obviously are only getting what 
the edit shows us. Like, mm -hmm. uh, we don't know if Jenna was like, oh, I'm considering leaving. Um, and that's all that she said. Even even if they showed clips of um, people saying, oh, she's leaving because of her mom, those sort of clips could have been recorded after she left or after her um, speech at the challenge, and they put it beforehand so as to create a buildup to her leaving mm -hmm. as opposed to her leaving being out of nowhere. So we have no idea if like people had no clue that it was um, in relation to her mom or if it was in relation to her mom, you know, maybe it could have been, oh, my mom's getting remarried or my mom is just sick. Maybe they didn't realize to the extent of it until after she left. And then again, maybe they edited it. Oh, no, Kathy, Kathy knew. Kathy knew because uh, Jenna's like, Kathy's like, oh, yeah, I get that you're, she has a confessional. She's like, uh, I didn't know that Jenna's mom was in a, um, a cancer ward, basically. Yeah. yeah. She should not have come out here. She shouldn't have come out here. Like, absolutely not. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, all the confessionals that we get mm. are basically stating, we know Jenna's mom is sick. We think it's a bad, well, we meaning a couple people are like, oh, I think it's a bad idea that she came out here. And, and it's like is maybe maybe she came out because, you know, if you come out, like even if you're on because she was at the reunion. Right. Yeah. She came back. And that's whenever she, she shared that her mother did pass. Right. So maybe she came just so she could collect because, you know, you get money no matter whether you come in last place or first, you still get mm -hmm. some amount. So maybe it was, um, you know, oh, I'll come back, but I will leave because of my mom. And but leave after like the first, uh, you know, maybe I'll stay for the first episode or first vote and leave. Maybe this was a whole plan in her head to mm. leave early so that so that she could be there uh, for her mom's like final days, final week, but still collect the money. And then obviously maybe she thought, oh, maybe because I'm quitting, but it's for, a, you know, it's not just because I'm hungry or whatever. It's a legit reason why I'm quitting. Most, you know, I've seen lists of people being like, what's the most justified quit um and usually this and terry in second chances is, is usually up there towards the top so maybe she thought yeah. okay most quitters aren't invited back but this might be one that like i can still collect the money still be part of like at that point what was supposed to be the biggest season of all of, of all time um and potentially be invited back so if that was a plan from the start then that actually seems like um a well thought out plan i just feel like we'll never truly know um what all went 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 into that but um to also touch on on the sue situation kind of the same thing it's like we know so little and like the one thing is like it, it's sort of become one of those things where it's like sue says this hatch says this the difference is hatch obviously is still very vocal and still a part of like the survivor online community he has his own youtube channel he's put out um a couple of videos on his take on the situation i think maybe just one specifically on that but he's definitely touched about it on multiple videos of his um you know he's on cameo like he's very vocal about it whereas as far as i'm aware since it happened i don't remember ever hearing sue uh so, talk, talk about it yeah she she had so i know that like I, and i didn't watch this myself but like i like mm. i did hear that maybe was, was it andrew were you the one who told me this like they um like that hatch and sue like went on good morning america like the morning after they mm. is this is this true i think because like it was like the morning after um like the whole incident happened they squashed the beef on good morning america 
and they like had this discussion um so because they knew there would be like at least like a little bit of, of controversy on that so i don't know about that and the Lord, like that that could be the case the only reason i i'm hesitant to, to say that is because when the reunion happened they put Cesternino in between the two of them or they put jenna whoever was sitting in, and even though they went out back to back they have somebody sitting in the middle of them which led me to believe that they uh, were purposely not sat next to each other because of the issues that went on. But like, I actually, I should probably look that up because I, I, I didn't know about that. So it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, oh, no. I, I, I have to make sure that I'm right. But for, for some reason, I know this and I don't know why I know this. Um, <laughs> but like, I do think that it's a fact. It's very much ingrained into my brain. So I'll, I'll do some digging and we'll discuss. Okay. So yeah. before we get to the merge, to end on a lighter, I guess it's not really a lighter note because it annoys me to no end. Uh, Emily has a a uh, a hot take, I guess, on one Rob Sesternino. So I'll let you take the the lead on this one, and then we'll move to the merge. I, I I'm only gonna speak for ten seconds. Um, Rob Sesternino is trash, disrespectfully. I don't think that he's that good of a player. Um, I think that you think he's a good player, and I support your fake beliefs and that they aren't valid. Th those are my opinions. That's what I'm going to say. And I guess we're gonna. That, I guess that might lead into a Rob Sesternino is he a good player type episode sometime down the line. Obviously, I think that he's one of the greatest players of all time uh, to never win. He's he's in my top ten. He's yes. To never he's win, never yeah. He's never made it in the final two. He's, he's made it to the final in, three. He made it to the final the three. the first uh, person voted out of his tribe. How embarrassing. So embarrassing. Uh, I mean, okay. Let's just... <laughs> Russell Hans was the first person voted out of his tribe in Redemption Island. So, like, let, let's not do this. Um, Leader, but, I see your comment and you're dead to me. You heard it live. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but before... Before, or not even before, let's get to, as I want to pull up the, <laughs> um, okay, breaking news, Kim Weaver's dead to me, that's my best friend, not anymore. So we hit the merge, and I guess technically, we don't merge where we usually do at this point in Survivor history. So usually they merge at 10, the first boot off is not on the jury, and then everyone on is on the jury. But at 10, they just swap, and Amber gets swap screwed. One of the first real swap screws that, that have happened. Well, not swap screws because she ends up making it out. So, they do the, the trivia challenge, which I love playing along with every time I watch the season. It's like, oh, I'm losing. Um, what did you think about, do you think it was dirty gameplay for a production to let Rob ask Lex to save Amber? And do you think that Amber had any, like, any say once she got back to camp, or do you think that Lex was always going to agree to the uh, to that deal? Or, so basically, I'm asking: Is it all Rob, or was it Rob and Amber in that situation? Ooh, Adam, we'll start with question. you first. Mm, it's kind of tough. I feel like we can really only speculate on this one. If I had, if I had to guess, I feel like based on what I saw, it was more so. Rob, I did hear that. I can't remember where I heard this, but I did hear that Rob and Lex had actually talked a lot more than what the episode showed. It's just that was the only bit that they were actually able mm. to record. I believe that they like were kind of talking that whole challenge, like during, before, and after 
um because there's like that period where they like hold the tribes together before they come out um to set up cameras and stuff um and i believe that they were like talking the whole time um but obviously they can't film that part um because they're in trucks and stuff but um but that would also make you think okay if lex was there and rob was there then obviously amber would have had to have been there too but then at the same time jerry would have had to have been there so it's like i feel like there's there's so much of that transaction uh, i don't know what else to call it um that we didn't see so it's kind of hard to um to make a, a good guess but um I'd lo- i i feel like based on what we were showing it seems like it was mostly um a rob a rob thing if i had to guess Emily? It, I can get on a whole spiel. Um, it'll be only tell like 10 more seconds. Um, I think that when we've talked about this a lot, you know, I think that Survivor, like, love it. Like, it's my favorite thing. But, like, they kind of do, like, a crappy job sometimes at editing female winners, you know? So even, like, they, they showed a very quick snippet of her, like, begging, was it Kathy for her life? I forget. Was, was it Kathy? Yeah, like, and she was like, this is me. Like, this is my last chance. I'm going to try, blah, 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 you know? But in reality, like, I'm sure there was so much more that went behind it. Of course, Boss Rob is a very, like, mobster, strong presence, you know? And I think that that in itself is really strong. But he was still only pretty much one person, you know? Whenever you look at, like, what Shapiro, what Shapiro looked like at the time, I guess maybe Moko Moko at this point. I don't know. I got confused. Anyway, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But, like... <clears throat> I think that he was a very strong presence, but he still only had one number and they still had other connections. So if they wanted to like wipe him out, they definitely could have. I think that in reality, I think that it was a lot of Amber's charm, the fact that she was really subtle, the way that she's been very fluid and how she did agree to kind of merge together to create like one super alliance. So I think mm. that it was, a. I think it was like, it, it was Rob and that, that they make it look like Rob, but I think it was mainly Amber. So... This is, I, I think that it's probably in the middle. I think it was more Rob and Amber. Just even if we're, we're going based off of what we saw on the show, you know, Rob says, hey, Lex, like, if you get me, I got you. Uh, and Amber going back to camp, begging Kathy, and I think telling Kathy and Lex, if you save me, we will do me, you, Lex, um, Big Tom, and somebody else as a final five, or maybe even a final four. And Kathy, even when they have that whole confrontation with Boston Rob, mentions that as a fact. And Boston Rob's like, I, they, I had no allegiance to Kathy in the game, so I don't know where that came from. One thing that I will say about the final 10 on, we get our first, well, after Jerry gets voted out, we get our first reference, and this is something I didn't pick up on until this time watching it. We get our first reference of Amber is in control of the game because uh, Lex, when he when he goes to vote Amber out, the vote that he gets voted out, he even says like, "You're a little errand boy." He refers to Amber and talks about how Rob is her little errand boy to do this, that, and the other. And that's not the that's not the last time that we hear another player reference Amber as uh, having more agency in the game than you know the casual viewer might 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 see. So. From merge on, this is where I start to turn on the season. Uh, as far as why it's so long, in a good way or in a bad way? No, oh, in a bad way. Because, oh, in, okay. in my opinion, there's only one really good episode from the merge on, and it was the episode that Shein beats Rupert in the challenge. 
is because you're sitting there rooting for her. You're rooting for it to not be a pagonging. You're rooting for the underdog to be able to pull something out. And I think that, you know, before that challenge, we had the reward challenge where it was touchy subjects, basically, for everyone in the or community. Touchy subjects. Um, where, you know, the pecking, the pecking order challenge. And Alicia gets all these negative answers. And at that point, she should have realized, I'm not in this group. And then she definitely should have realized it when at that challenge, uh, the, the reward was Rupert got to pick who got what dinner. And her and Big Tom, along with Sheehan, got the shit out of the stick, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you, 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 you're sitting there watching it and you're thinking, wow, it'd be crazy if Sheehan won this challenge because maybe this game might get flipped. Now, it doesn't really get flipped. The status quo still remains and they just vote out the person bottom of the alliance, Alicia. But rewatching it today, it's like, wow, this is still, this is still very good, and it's the only good episode of the merge, maybe until the final tribal council, which is not the entire episode; it's just the final tribal council, which we will get to in just a second. But I just need to know how do you guys like, how do you guys enjoy this merge as much as you do when it's pretty cut and dry from beginning to end. First of all, think, how dare you disrespect me in my house? Okay, go ahead, Adam. You're good. <laughs> I was just saying, one of the uh, appeals to it, it's almost kind of like watching um, like watching a Conor McGregor fight. Even if you hate Conor McGregor, it's like you want to like – he wins, or maybe not in recent history, but like when he was going through that stretch of just always winning, even if you hated him, you watched every fight because you wanted to see – that point when he would finally lose so it was or or was he actually going to accomplish all the things he set out to do so it was kind of a similar thing with all stars where it's like okay are, is this robin amber alliance are they actually going to make it all the way to the finale or are they going to break up beforehand so you watched every episode um going into a thing is this going to be is this where they break up and is the breakup going to be um their own alliance turning on them because they realize they're a power couple? Is it going to be Amber turning on Ron because she realizes she's never going to beat him at the end or vice versa? So there's all these ifs, ands, or buts. So I feel like re-watching this season um, is it's one of those seasons that I feel like re-watching it is never going to be as great as uh, the first watch mm-hmm. um, by far. I feel like you can say that for a lot of seasons, but I feel like this might be the biggest split, like the first time watching all stars, I feel like is just uh, super enjoyable because of that reason po- post merge of, mm-hmm. you know, is it, and again, it's kind of like you said, coming into it, like the face of all, like think about how many great legends were in all stars. I mean, all time great characters like Rupert, Lex, uh, Hatch, Rudy, Sue, all these people. And yet the two people that carried the season was 10th place in Marquesas and, uh, what was Amber six and yeah, so it's just crazy that the people who and then Jenna who like um, you know people remembered from Borneo but like she Home wasn't girl played she was good yeah. like like this season yeah here's another hot take Jenna one of the most improved players in the history absolutely. of the show her and Kelly Wentworth like yeah like absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. And honestly I was like I was blown well, away yeah. like. 
we had a level of queendom in this season like nothing I've ever seen. And so that's one yeah. reason that I love it so much. I think we had a lot of really, really strong, powerful women, you know, and mm. like feminism, love that. Um, a few pretty douchey men, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> Colby. Um, and um, <laughs> no. So I felt a little bit about that. But I also like it's a very personal season for me because like, Andrew, you know this because I tell you this like every day and you're like, yeah, I already know this. You told me 27 times. But Adam, I don't know if you know, um, my um, my aunt's best one, of my aunt's best friends is, is Amber. So I got to know like a lot of these things whenever I was like, I don't even know how old I was, like eight, maybe whenever this was all coming live, you know, and like. So my mom would know all these different things and would have like a little bit of inside scoop every single episode. Mm. So I knew the boss Rob was going to propose to Amber before it even happened, which I thought was like mm. the coolest thing. And then like she signed like the TV guide for me. So it's, for me, it's like a very personal, it's like a Pittsburgh pride thing, but it's also like, I get to know all these real, like I get to, I know this person is real, you know what I mean? And so it was very personal. I So Adam, Adam, you made a great point with uh, the first time watching. Because as a 12, 13-year-old kid, first time I watched this season as a Boston Rob fan at the time, I guess I still kind of like him, but, you know, uh, this was, like, the most amazing scene to me. Um, and then as, you know, as I become a, a dejected adult and as I get older, I'm like, well, well, I hate this season. Uh, and now I fall somewhere pretty much in the middle. And I'll give my, I'll give my actual ranking at the end of the episode, which is soon. Um, but I will say that I love this at the beginning. So at, before we get to Final Tribal, I do want to point out that when Shean gets voted out, she references Amber as the threat to win the game. And right, like when Rob wins immunity, Jenna says Rob's going to lose in a blowout to Amber, and he might lose close to me. So it pushes it further pushes this narrative. And I think a lot of people kind of forget, for some reason, that like the the way that things were being perceived to the players at that time was Rob's not going to win this, which is so crazy now when people are like, oh yeah, Amber didn't deserve to win. They were just bitter. It's like, no, because people that were actually playing in the game before they were voted out were like, yeah, Amber, you know, Amber's in control. And watching them play the amazing race, side note. Amber did have a lot of agency in their couple on Amazing Race. If you haven't watched either of their seasons, please go do that. I have to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. But we get to Final Tribal. It's Rob and Amber. As a kid, I thought, yeah, Rob's going to win this. As an adult, without like knowing that Amber wins, it's like, yeah, clearly Amber's going to win. And we get the most bitter Final Tribal Council ever. Now, I understand why. You know, it was, it was the first time in Survivor history that friends had come back to play and they felt betrayed by their, uh, their by, by their by their friends. So how I'm coming you know, we'll, we'll do we'll do this about five more minutes because we, we do want to wrap up. How did you guys. I guess, how did you guys uh, analyze this final tribal? Do you think that it was. This an overly bitter jury. Do you think they voted based off of how they felt towards the winner, or was it more towards the loser? And uh, do you think that uh, do you think that a lot of them, or a few of them, regretted some of the things they said? Well, I definitely agree. I think this was the most bitter a jury has ever been, um, even compared to like 
19 and 20. I think a lot of people like to think a big reason um, that like Russell didn't win or that Parvati didn't win 20 was because of, um, you know, that they didn't like them or they were too arrogant. But I, I think a big part of it too was they didn't realize just exactly um, how big the moves they had made throughout the game. It was similar to, um, I think Xander not winning all the way here in 41. I feel like in, the people just didn't realize how much big moves were made um, as opposed to, you know, like in, in 19, I, I feel like they just, they didn't understand at the time exactly what Russell had just done over the past 39 days. Um, Cause he's, he was and still is very tight with a lot of those people. They just, they just didn't realize how great of a game he played. Whereas in all stars, they knew just how great Rob had played. They knew all the big moves he made, how in control he was of every vote, um, the backstabbing, the betrayal, the doing whatever it takes to win the game. They knew that like his game was very much at the forefront, but he's, he, he played in a way where um, most of his swagger came across as uh, arrogance as opposed to confidence. And I think, it, it, the way he voted people out rubbed them the wrong way. Like I think uh, Kathy sums it up so great when she says like, you know, you probably still could have made it as far as you did without doing it the way you did it without being as cocky as you were um, without like backstabbing everyone without leading so many people on. So yes, I think they were the most bitter jury, but um, I also, from being a fan watching that I, I get why they were at the same time. But I also don't want to – it's weird because while it was a bitter jury, I do think Amber played a great game. Like when we did Russell's Top 100, like I had Amber way ahead of everybody else because I truly thought that she is one of the more undeserved – or not undeserving, um, underrated winners um, of the like first 10 seasons. I think she um, – kind of implemented some strategies that we still use today. Like um, if you think about it, like the meat shield strategy, I feel like this mm -hmm. was the really the first time that the meat shield strategy um, had been, had been like put in place, you know, Amber kind mm -hmm. of, you know, not hiding behind Rob, but like sort of um, being in his shadow a little bit, knowing that he was going to take a lot of the heat, a lot of the bullets from the moves that they very clearly were both making together. But, Rob was at the forefront, so she was she was seen as a little more sidekicky, and Rob was seen a little more, um, you know, like mobster, like as, as you said. Absolutely, and I think that also, like I I totally agree with what you're saying. I I also kind of put into consideration like final tribal. Most of the jury was pretty much undecided, with the exception of like I think like Lex, and then like that that was pretty much it. I think. Um, and, they, and also uh, Big Tom, probably. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot, like, the rest of them were pretty much undecided. And whenever you think about how hard, the, I mean, the, the jury pushed both Amber and Rob really hard. They said a lot of really cutthroat, hurtful things. And I rewatched it, like, a few minutes ago just to make sure that I was right by feeling this way. And it wasn't just me being biased to, like, my queen Amber. But, like, mm -hmm. whenever you look at it, you know, it's like... Rob completely crumbled under the pressure. He's like, I'm a terrible person and I don't think I played a good game. And like, you know, don't give me the money. He didn't actually say that, but like the way that he was acting pretty much like was the exact yeah. same, was the exact reason why he didn't get it. It's because he, he was arrogant until he had to be confident, you know, at the very end. So to me, like, I think that like, 
um, that that in, in this way, Amber was able to be confident whenever she needed to be and step out of his shadow when she had to be. But she used that meat shield until that very last minute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think another thing too is Lex. Like, um, you know, we didn't we didn't touch too too much on on like the Lex like backstab betrayal situation. But I don't think a lot of people realize like because Lex mentioned it once at Final Tribal. Like, you know, we were friends. I don't think people realize like him and Lex were really good friends. I mean, like Rob, you know, flew to California and like stayed at his house for weeks. Lex flew to Boston and lived with him for weeks. Like they were, their families knew each other's families. I mean, they were like tight, tight, like really, mm -hmm. really close friends. It wasn't like they just were at one or two charity events like most survivors are and say they're friends. I mean, they were really tight. And it, without that, I don't think Lex would have even considered voting off jerry instead That's of amber i i think that um but i think survivor um and honestly still to this day likes to hide like the outside of the game stuff as much as they can um mm -hmm. but you know i think that was a huge thing like i don't think there was any way he was and same thing with kathy kathy and rob were also really really close in person so i don't think there was any chance he was going to get either of their votes he actually um, got kathy's vote though at the end he got Kathy's. He got Kathy's. She was like, oh, wow. I'm such a sucker. And she like, I'm your mom. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, so oh, God, Kathy. Amber yeah. rolling yeah. her eyes oh, at her wow. during the reunion is like the best. But guys, <laughs> I, I, I do like realizing now that we do have a lot more because I do want to touch on those relationships. Mm -hmm. How would y'all feel about doing a part two? Oh, Tag me in. I, I've lots of Adam, we can do yeah. we can just we can just do full final tribal and past the reunion. Uh I think we would get a lot more content out of it. Um so if you guys are down, uh I would I would love to come back next week and do it again. Um if you guys are down, I'm just asking you live. I'm just asking you live. I have plans, yes. Bring me in, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, thank you all for tuning in to part one of our, our, our All-Stars um, recap retrospective. Uh, make sure to subscribe to not only our channel, but Adam and Gideon's Survivor Buffs channel. Uh, make sure to tune in next week for the conclusion of this. And, uh, you know, thank you all once again for, for sticking with us through all the craziness. And until then, uh, we'll see you guys 